Welcome to the iCast, where we like to provide for you a pastor in your pocket. If you would like to know more about us and where we're from, please visit www.ichurchoka.com. We hope you enjoy everything that you are about to hear. Hello, everyone. This is Jessica Rao of the creative team of iChurch. And today we are starting off a new series of podcasts. And today we're going to be talking about marriage. And I have here today with me... The one, the only, Pastor Carlos Rodriguez, and I've got some things to ask you. Pastor Carlos, say hello. Hello, everybody. I'm going to talk about marriage today, and I have an accent today. <laughs> I have no idea what type of accent that is. That's so, that, yeah, I don't know about that Yeah, one. that's the reason right there people are not going to want to listen to this podcast, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> just because of the accent. But if you hold on long enough, you might actually like the podcast. Don't and hold me for my accent. You might actually like the accent by the end of it. So it's okay, too. That's right. All right. So, Pastor, today I've got some questions to ask you. And I want to start off by asking you. There's a quite a few people in our, in our congregation, in our church. And I know there's quite a few people that are out there that they fell in love, they got married, and then they gave their life to Christ. And so now their spouse maybe is on a different page than what they were on whenever they first got married. How do you deal with a spouse that is a non-believer? That's an awesome question. I think that's the majority of us. Even when you get married, um, there's just Bible verse that I can't quote because I'm on the spot. This was not rehearsed. I wasn't asked the questions. We're, we're doing this out of our heart. We want to be natural. But there's this Bible verse and I, it, that says that the woman shall win her husband by her testimony. We try so many crazy things when we try to witness to people and win people for God um, that it's just ridiculous. I mean, we try things um, we, that we want to know the Bible. We want to quote it by memory. It's good that I didn't know, I didn't know that Bible right now, right? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse. It's a good cop out. But, you know, we act, we act like, like we want to be all super holy. And the best way to win people for Christ, I would say, and see change in their life, is by being natural and being sincere. When the Bible says that you will win your spouse over by your testimony, I think that a woman or a man who married before knowing Christ and the person was not in the same agreement with them, them seeing a true living example will make them change. Um, I think the Bible will come true. Um, if if a, if a wife sees her husband praying, if he sees that he's caring, if he sees that he's lovable, if he sees that, that he really brings the word, that he does not, does not speak in foul language, that he puts God first, but he loves her, you know, not all holy and religious, I really believe with all my heart that she will change, he will change. Problem is, couples go do that for a while, and when they don't see the results, they give up. They're like, hey, man, I'm not seeing the results. I'm going to, I'm going to church. My husband isn't. Oh, I'm going. I'm serving God, and my husband is. My wife isn't. Hi. He really seen the love of Christ in you. I'm not just talking about going to church. Does he see how you nurture him? How you take care of him? Do you pray for him? You know, are you concerned about him? Does he see something special in you? If he does and you pray, I believe the person will change. Okay, so so that's a great start. So pretty much you're saying be the example to the other person. Yep. I say the best way to win yourself to a person's heart spiritually is to be a true, real example of Christianity. And I have a second saying that says, if you want to win your way to a man's heart, give him a lot of food and a lot of kisses. <laughs> that's, that's good on all levels, not just spiritually, but physically and emotionally. So 
Here's my next question going, playing right along off of that. So the thing to do is to be the example. What would you say would be something that is a do not do? If, if you have a person, if you're married and your spouse is a non-believer, what is a do not do? Do not allow Satan to lie to you. I believe that everybody listening to this podcast right now has a spiritual purpose. I believe that we're here and it's not a casual thing. We're recording this. We're improvising. We decided to start it, just be crazy and record, and we weren't ready for it. And I don't think it's a casual thing. I think you're actually listening to this podcast because Satan is a liar. He's lying to you through his teeth. He's trying to get you to think things that are not real. And if you jump to conclusions without having evidence, you're going to ruin your marriage, you're going to ruin everything you're trying to achieve. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that a preconceived mind is an awesome tool for Satan to fool you. He will tell you there's no hope, he will tell you it's never going to change, he will tell you that, and if you believe that, and you walk in frustrated, you've already been defeated, you haven't even started. So if you don't allow God to give you the right notion, you're going to mess up. Big time, big time, big time. Every time that I have got upset with my wife or upset with a co-worker and I let Satan lie to me and I believe that lie, I, I lost. I'm never going to win. You can't win. You never see a champ who walked into a battle knowing he was defeated before he was started. You're never going to make it. Don't listen to the lies of Satan about your relationship or about who you are. You are more than that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So pretty much it's visualize your victory. See it coming and, and know that God has something great for you and for your marriage and your family and everything that there is to come. So, Pastor, if there were anything else on this subject that you would like to say, that you would like to say specifically to someone or even to something happy that you would like to tell us, about an experience. Maybe you've known a few people. I know I've known a few people that have been through this situation and it's a struggle. It's not a joke. It's not something to take lightly. What you say about the devil getting into your mind, that that's everybody. That's all the time. That's, that's our daily life. So how, what would be a good way for them to be able to block that out? What's some, some ways that they can practice defeating the devil in their mind in order to be that example to their spouse? You know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, key factor for success in marriage is actually the same way you keep sitting out. It, it's, it's one same answer to both things. When a marriage comes to me, and I've, I've been in ministry for 20-something years now, I've, I've counseled a whole bunch of couples, and, and I'm going to be straight up with you. It never fails. If, if I ask you, and I want people that listen to this to ask themselves, um, if I ask you the same questions I ask couples when they come in is, is when marriage is going wrong, are you praying together? 95% of the time the answer is no, we don't. Do you read scripture together? 95% of the time it's no. See, and if you're not a Bible reader or you don't pray because you just don't go to church, here's the problem. The problem is that people don't get this, but psychologically you cannot be involved with somebody if you don't get involved with that person. So you're saying, wait a minute, that's redundant. No, no. See, I cannot be part of something if I'm not present. Couples, you need to share time together. Date night is crucial. You know, spending time together is crucial. 
talking, men, to all the guys out there, can I get a, the women are giving me an amen right now, you need to talk guys, you need to sit down and listen also, and I mean, I mean, you need to listen intentionally, you have to want to hear what they're saying, and here's the problem, there's got to be three, people come up to me and say, hey, how do you get success in sex, in your sex marriage, sex life, got to be three involved, it's got to be you, your wife, or your, your husband, and God. And, and people are like, what, a threesome? Yes, a threesome with God. And then somebody come to me and say, <laughs> some people come to me and say, some people come to me and say, wait a minute, Pastor, how can, I can't think about God when I'm having intimacy. Well, that's, that's another podcast. You're going to have to keep on subscribing to this and listen to this, get into it at some point. But, but no, what you don't, you don't think about, you don't start praying when you're about to go into intimacy. But you, you need to be able to know that God is in the room watching you're like, well, I can't, I can't do it then. Then you got a sick notion of what intimacy is. God created it. He told Adam and Eve, hey, go multiply. So God is actually enjoying the fact. You're saying, so it's got a perv? No, because sex isn't bad. It's a good thing. You have to have God involved in the situation. So see, after after intimacy, can you guys pray together? Can you hold and cuddle and pray? If you can't, you, that's, that's your problem. You don't have God involved. Involve God into your marriage. Eat dinner together. Pray together. Hold hands. Read scripture. If you don't invest... This, you, you're, you're fat. You're like, what? I'm crying. No, you're friendly. You know, listen, if you're fat and you want to lose weight, you, you got to stop eating so much. You got to exercise. If, if you want to make money, you got to work. You got to be smart. You got to strategize. Same thing with marriage. You want marriage to work. You got to invest in marriage. You got to read the Bible. You got to spend time together. You got to pray over each other. We, we pray for the biggest miracles in our life. You want a miracle in your marriage? You've you got to pray together. you got to read scripture. you got to have a devotional book next to each other. And please, don't make like a two-hour devotional and bore your couple. Just sit and pray over each other. What are your prayer requests today? What do you need? And don't use prayer to attack your couple. Like, God, I want you to change him at this moment because he is so miserable. He yelled at me. They don't do that, you know, because you're not talking to God. You're talking to your couple and you're actually hurting them. you got to spend time together intentionally. you got to program that. You know, same thing with family. I know the subject's not family, it's marriage. It's the same thing. You have to intentionally spend time together with that third person, which is God. You bring God in, it's going to get better. You don't bring God in, it's going to get worse. That's why we have so many youth that are rebellious. That's why we have so many marriages don't function because we become fake. And the reason we're fake is because what we're doing in church is not what we're doing at home. Change it intentionally. Do it at home. I'll share this testimony um, and I don't want to go over time, but I'll share this testimony real quick. Um, in my home, we always did devotionals, and we've always done devotionals. And I caught myself about three weeks ago that we weren't even gathering to have dinner together. And we did it for about three weeks. And everybody admires my family, admire my kids and my wife. And they say, you guys get along so much. But, but we always did devotionals. Um, and I found myself three weeks ago that we were not doing devotionals. And I literally said, I'm failing at being the father God called me to be, to be the husband God called me to be. So I've made sure that every Monday night my family is together and we're having devotionals. And it's maybe 15 minutes, but we eat dinner together and we have devotions because I will not have success at my marriage and my family if I do not bring God into a relationship. So you really got to intentionally design and program to bring God in. I heard this once from uh, Bill Hybels at Willow Creek Church, awesome preacher. Um, I heard this, and it was really good. He said that, he said, we walk around with iPads, iPhones, we do agendas, we walk around with calendars, and we pencil and pen in everything. He said, he said, have you ever penciled, this is what he said, he said, have you ever penciled in intentionally 
I'm going to spend an hour with my daughter. If you didn't, that is why you have a bad relationship with your daughter. Because you could pencil everything in except your time with your family. I need to pencil in my time with my wife. I literally have it, and I'm not lying because I have two witnesses in this room, <laughs> and they will know if I'm lying or not. So I'm going to open up my, and you can't see it wherever you are driving or listening to me, but I'm going to intentionally open up my agenda. I'm looking at Tuesday, at Tuesday, and if you look at this, I have all my agenda there. It's super full, right? Watch this. Watch what Monday, Monday, come on, Monday. Watch what Monday looks like, and I want you guys to see this, okay? What does it say that I have to do at 9 o'clock? 9, it says you're going to the gym. What does it say that I have to do at 11 o'clock, Katie? Date wife. Date wife. I literally write down, and you say, well, that's, you say, well, that's, that's Monday because you wrote in last Monday. That's the 22nd. Watch this. I'll jump a week, a week later. What do I do on the 29th at 11 o'clock? Date wife. Date wife. I'll do it again. And if you say, Pastor, what are you saying? I literally pencil in that. And if you go all the way down, I have when I do my devotional. And if you go down on Monday nights, every Monday night on my calendar at 5 o'clock, at 9 o'clock. What do we do, Jess? 9 o'clock, family devotional. I intentionally plan to be with my family. Why? Because I intend my family to be happy and my marriage to be happy. You want a happy marriage? intentionally bring God into it. And you say, well, I don't know if that's going to work. Well, how's your marriage doing? If your marriage sucks, that's why you, it sucks, because you're not bringing God in. Intentionally bring God in and see a change. That'd be my word of advice. That's awesome, Pastor. And so here's my final question, and we will wrap this last podcast up. So intentionally bring God in. You're supposed to intentionally bring that into your marriage. You're supposed to show Him, be the example. How... Do you approach that when your spouse doesn't want you to bring God in? When you try to sit down with your spouse and they don't want to listen to the Bible with you at that moment. They could even be Christian. I've even heard of Christian spouses that don't want to, they don't want you to lead them in a devotional. They don't want you to lead them in prayer time. They don't want you to, to join in that intimacy with God. How do you approach it? How can you overcome it? What could be the step to take to get further, closer together towards God? You know, Normally, when somebody doesn't want God to be in the picture, not normally, always, it, it's because somebody got hurt in the process. There's, some, there's something in that past, there's something in that past that, that provoked that. Either they had a bad church experience, or they had somebody that told them that church was bad and God was bad, and now they're running away from it. Because they had a bad experience. And I'm going to say, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say they need healing on that issue. So, so I know that doesn't answer the question. I'm just stating what the problem is. They don't want it because either you gave them a bad example in the past. You weren't who you were supposed to be. So now you lost credibility. And that's why you can't bring them in. Or if it wasn't you, somebody before you gave a bad experience or a bad example. And what I'm saying was the same way that, I'm going to go back to the answer to the first question you gave me. Because they had a bad example, they need a new example. Healing will start, and this is important, healing will start when they see a true example. You know, um, in Spanish, it's just saying, in Spanish it says, um, tell me who you're walking with and I'll tell you who you are. And I really believe that. 
You walk around with the wrong crowd and the wrong examples, you're going to live like that. You walk around with the right examples and the right people, you're going to live like that. It, it, it's influence. We, we, are, we influence people all our lives. Everywhere we go, we always influence people. And I'm going to end saying, if the person doesn't want it, it's because they had a bad example. Now you got to wait for them to heal so they see a good example. And someday with prayer and believing God for your miracle, never leave, drop your faith, you give a good example, they will come around. You just can't give up. You just can't give up. It will happen if you decide to be that true example. And that's their healing space. But don't force it. Give it time and it will come. Don't give up. One word, last word. Here you go. Here's what God is telling you now. Don't give up because it's taking a while. The best things will always go through a process. Best things in your life are going to go through a process. All right. Thank you very much, Pastor Carlos. Thanks for being here with me today. And guys, I hope that you are able to take a step further in your marriage, take a step further in your spiritual walk, and that you are able to grow closer to God through this podcast. And we appreciate your time and stay tuned for the next one.